0: For I know my Redeemer lives. Amen? Choir, thank you. Sylvia, thank you very much. They did a great job, didn't they? Let's give them a hand. Amen. It's good afternoon. And how are we doing on this beautiful Easter day? Are we doing okay? We're Amen. We're blessed. Amen. Well, we are really blessed. Our Christian faith is built on the reality Of the resurrection. Do you agree with that? And the secret of Christian stability is the resurrection. Actually, the symbol of Christianity, I'd like to suggest that for you, is more an empty tomb than a cross. The empty tomb gives meaning, in my opinion, to the cross, like someone who said, Were it not for the empty tomb, the cross would have been a tragedy. The empty tomb settles any discussion you have with other people about their gods. Other gods are in their tombs. But our Savior's tomb is empty. And we can boast with that. Christ destroyed death by his death. And destroyed the power of death. And today we celebrate the return to life, a risen savior, and an eternal conqueror. No, there's, there was a story that was going around long time ago, and it's about the centurion who commanded the soldiers at the cross who comes back to Pilate to hand his report of the day's work. And he gives the report. Then Pilate's wife was sitting by his side, asked the centurion to tell her how the prisoner died. She asks, do you think he is dead. No, my lady, he says, I don't. Then where is he? She asked again. The answer was, he was let loose in the world, lady, where neither Roman nor Jew can stop his truth. He rose victorious. And we meditated on that during the breaking of bread, the first service. And we are going to talk a little bit about that this afternoon. The Lord, we know from the Bible, has appeared to many people after his resurrection. About 500, the Bible says. And this morning, we would like to look at some important appearances our Lord made. And I want to put your mind to work a little bit today. with My question to you is this. Did you ever think, are you listening? Did you ever think how and where Christ spent his first day and what did he do? We read in the Gospel of John, I'm not going to say, the Gospel of John and chapter 20, we read that he rose from the dead. He rose that morning. And he lingered a little bit at the garden. And we read about Mary Magdalene. The incident that we are going to look at a little bit, one incident, it's one of the most touching in the Gospels. Here's Mary, a woman who, for whom Christ has done great things. Having been forgiven much, she loved much. Her attachment to the Lord was so deep and reverent. She ministered to him when he was here on earth for a short time. And she was amongst those who were at Golgotha's Hill watching the crucifixion. And she stayed after the crucifixion and followed through to see where they are going to bury her Savior. It was she. Mary Magdalene, it was she who found the stone rolled away first. And she ran to tell Peter and John later on. And we see her shocked. We see her sad. An empty tomb. Though there were two angels. And they told her, he's not here anymore. But you know, she was looking for someone who is more important than the angels. She was looking for Christ who saved her life. And it seems to her that I lost him. And she was sad. And she was broken hearted. She was gripped with fear. And disturbed. As to what had happened. To the precious body. She stood. Perplexed. Completely. Lost. And she stood by the tomb, weeping. And she approached the Savior, who lingered that morning there. She approached him, supposing him the, where are the theologians this morning? The gardener. Are you with me? Do I have to wake you up? This is okay she was she supposed him to be the gardener and uh, the gardener supposedly addressed her in verse 15 of of John 20 woman why are you weeping woman why are you weeping and the second sentence says Who are you seeking? What a beautiful way. What a beautiful way for the Savior, the Savior, to address this lady. Mary, the teary-eyed woman who was so perplexed, did not realize who the man she was talking to. And she told him, tell me, sir, where you have laid him? And I will take him away. She was so overwhelmed, overwhelmed. emotions, As if she could carry him. And take him away. Tell me. And here's what I want to share with you. Here's the sweet. Tender voice. Of the Savior. The sweet that she's heard. Many times in her life. And. He addressed her. He only called her by her name. And I wish you can imagine with me what kind of tone he addressed her with. Do you think he told her Mary? With his tender voice, loving voice, he said, Mary. Oh, he didn't have to add to that. He did not have to add one word. And what did she do? She fell and said. Rabboni. Oh my Lord. My master or my teacher. Rabboni. She just fell. And could not take more. Than one word. Jesus. Jesus. She couldn't take anything. She left. To spread the good news. That the Lord is risen. On this Easter morning, Easter day. Are you still looking for the Savior like Mary? Did you lose track of him somehow during your life? Have you been going alone? Have you been going alone without a Savior? Without this faithful companion? Do you somehow along the way lose Him? Lost Him? You lose track of Him? Are you sad today and broken hearted in life? Are you perplexed? Remember what the Bible says? I came to mend the broken hearted. I came to open the eyes of the blind. And he is still doing the same. The very first hours after he rose from amongst the dead, the very first hours, he came and looked for a broken hearted Mary. And it was so important the very first task he accomplished during that day is to meet with Mary and call her by her name and send her to tell the others the gospel of the good news that Jesus Christ is risen. He wasn't far. Was he far from her? No. He was just standing there by her side, maybe behind her. In that garden. And he's here today. Where the Bible says. Where two or three are gathered together. There the Lord will be in our midst. And he's here. And he's nearby. And if you are. Suffering today. If you are sad. If you're away from Christ. If you know. That you've, your sins have overcome your life. And you cannot see your way. You're lost. In this world, in this wicked world, you're lost. Jesus Christ is still nearby. And he's looking for you. And he's going to call you by your name. And he's calling you by your name this morning. Whatever your name is. John. Keith. Anyone. He's calling you. What will your response be? What do you think happened to her? Did she leave the presence of Christ? Sad again? No. Did she? Was she still perplexed? Was she still broken hearted? All this. She left them in the garden at the feet of Jesus. And her joy was restored. And she went. To tell the world that she saw Jesus. I have seen the Savior. Where do you think he went after that? I don't know. But I know, I, I know something he did go and see. He went to Emmaus to the, to the way on the streets from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And he immediately joined a couple of two of the disciples going back home again in such a situation. And you will find it. I'm not going to read it for the last, for the lack of time. Two men were going that very day, same day, very day. It was not next day. To a village named Emmaus. And which was about seven miles or eight miles from Jerusalem. And they were conversing. And they had a problem. They had a problem. And they couldn't solve it. They were sad that Jesus died. was crucified. And some people said. Yeah he rose again. They were disheartened. They were bewildered. They were talking about the events that happened that day surrounding his resurrection. And it came to pass while they were walking. It came to pass while they were walking, engaged in their discussion, Jesus approaches them. Do you notice with me that when Mary was in the garden, he initiated the discussion. He initiated, he opened up and talked to her. As he always, he is always seeking people. He is always, see, and now here, he saw two other disciples that were very sad. Priority. Priority. I don't know whether he visited his mom between 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. during that garden place the afternoon, and he went and saw her. We don't know what he did. The Bible doesn't say anything, but we knew what he did in the afternoon. We know that he joined these two people and started walking with them, and he withheld his their eyes so they did not see him that he was the risen Christ. And they did not first. First of all, they did not recognize him. Secondly, they were discussing with deep perplexity that the things that has taken place. Then they were very downcast, that's what it says. Downcast is like sad, in verse 7. And Cleopas asked him, and when when Jesus said, uh, what happened, the things? You're talking about things happened in Jerusalem. I love the simplicity that Jesus asked the question so he can withdraw answers from us. And he said, he told them, "What what is it that happened you're talking about? And immediately one of them said, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? And this word is taken everywhere now. When someone asks, well, hey, What happened? And we tell him, Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? They were perhaps angry a little bit. Frustrated, yes. And they told him about what happened. And finally, they were, they lost hope. Their hope was gone. Because they told him, we were hoping. We put so much hope on him. Do you think that these two needed Jesus at this crucial time in their lives? Sometimes when we're going through trials, sometimes we get sorrowful through disappointments and we feel utterly alone. And we feel no one cares. And but if our eyes could only be opened, We'll see the risen Christ around us. He approached and walked with them. Though it was about seven or eight miles, he will, he will walk with them until things get right where he wanted them to be. Do you find yourself On this Easter day. Like these two disciples. Do you feel that you are lost like Mary? Do you feel. As they said. We were hoping. In other words they lost hope. Have you been let down by friends? By family, by children, by parents, regardless what you are or where you are right now. I tell you one thing, the Lord approached them and walked with them. And the Lord is in our midst today and he's passing by your seat at this very moment, The Lord is in our midst. He's asking you, give me your griefs. Give me your burdens. And He delights to have you come to Him and surrender your life and put your, put your life at His feet. He's here to change you. Mary left His presence changed. As we see with these two, when he left them, they were changed people. Do you see yourself a loser in this life? And there's no one that can help you. I invite you at this very beginning, very, very moment to come to him and open your heart and Confess your sins between you and him and you will never leave his presence empty hearted. He will fill your life. He will fill your heart and he will change you and give you a new dimension in your life to live by. She left to tell them the good news. And these two when they discovered who he was after he talked to them. And after he showed them everything from the scriptures. And they, they, when they reached home, they said they were very hospitable in the Middle East. They said, why don't you come and have a, a, a bite with us? He said, well, I'm going a little bit further. I love the Lord how he acts. He never forces himself on anyone. And then... He said, okay, if you want me. He came and took the lead and prayed and broke bread with them. And when he broke bread with them, what happened? They recognized it was Jesus. When the fellowship time came, when the fellowship time came, and when he when he extended his hand to break the bread, and most probably, you know what they saw. You know what they saw. The pierced hand. They saw the pierced hand. That's him. Suddenly he opened their eyes. The moment he opened their eyes, he has a new body. He vanished. He left them. He wanted to continue. He had another person to talk to or another people. And they, they looked at each other and says, weren't our hearts were burning within us that this is someone with He woke them up. And here's my point today. If your eyes have been gone astray from the Lord Jesus Christ, and you lost sight of him, and this world and its burdens have affected you in life, I tell you one thing. The nail-pierced hands are here to serve you, and to break bread for you, and to give you Food, spiritual food, that you will never be hungry again. After walking this long distance all afternoon, you know what they said? We can't keep this for ourselves, these two. We cannot keep it. We're going to go to the disciples and tell them. And they went to the disciples and entered the room. And then they saw the disciples in a room with closed doors and they were still in fear and afraid. And it says in chapter 24, verses 31, uh, the, verses um, 33, they, they arose that very hour, returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with him. And they said, The Lord has really risen the same words, the same thing, Mary, the Lord has really risen, the Lord has really risen. The same spirit they told them, and whilst they were telling them, the Lord comes in through closed doors and windows comes in with his new body that doesn't need windows or doors that can go anywhere. And be anywhere at any time. And you know what? What were his words to them? Peace be with you. Fear not. Fear is gone. Fear is dissipated. It's the time to rejoice. I am risen. It's not the time to weep. Mary, you do not have to weep. You you two travelers to Emmaus, you don't have to be sad anymore. Disciples, you don't have to be inside the closed door. Fearful. Fearful. I have broken that chains of death and I'm victorious and here's my hands. Look at me. One words before. This is the Savior that we are celebrating today. You know, And in this situation also, he initiated the visit. Three visits, if you want to call them, or three appearances. You can correct me, the theologians here can correct me here. The three appearances to Mary, to the two disciples, to the, to the, all the disciples, the original eleven were there. He initiated, he want, he said, my heart goes out for them. I want, by priority, he prioritized them. Mary first, the Emmaus disciple second, and then the disciple third. And in between, God knows, but I want to draw your attention to something and give you a homework to go and do it today, today. In verse 34, take it, Luke 24, 34. <clears throat> the disciples were saying, the Lord has really risen and has Appeared to Simon. Four words. He. Appeared. To Simon. In some other place. He asked them. He said go tell Simon. His loving heart. He forgot what Simon did. Forgiveness. We studied about that two weeks ago. Forgiveness. Did he hold any grudge against Simon? No. Did he forgive Simon? Yes. And he told, and he said, he appeared to Simon. When? All we have that, he appeared to Simon. When? That morning? Perhaps. If you want to go home and check when, that'd be fine. But I know when he appeared to Mary, when he appeared to the disciples, and when when he went to the room with them. But to Simon, most probably he gave him priority because Simon was in such a disastrous situation. Simon most probably had no hope. Simon, Simon. Oh, he must have felt... Of all the apostles, the most miserable and wretched as he realized realized the bitterness of the spirit. And the spirit of failure that has taken over. And he could not stand the test in the day of trial. I don't know him. What a relief to his heart. When Jesus appeared to him alone. And God knows what happened between them. When you get to heaven. Check that out. Find out what happened. When he appeared to him alone. To restore him. To console him. And to encourage him. Have you heard this? And do you feel at times like Peter felt? Thank God. One little glimpse of grace. We heard about grace today. One little glimpse of grace. And Peter was changed forever. Later, he sought Peter. And you know what he told him? He told him, feed my sheep. Reinstated. Restored. Restored. And go on and preach the gospel. Oh, what grace can do. You know, we started with grace at the breaking of bread. And we heard, and grace went through. And then the gospel, the choir sang that beautiful, oh, we're in for grace. We will not be here, all of us. If it weren't for grace, we will not be enjoying that Easter day together. Oh, he's the same. Who was before his death and resurrection. He initiated his coming from heaven to here. Death on Calvary went to the grave, rose for you and for me. To change our lives and give us a wonderful eternal life. Oh, Oh the grace that drew all oh, the love that drew salvation plan Oh the grace that brought it down to earth That's the grace of God
1: and by his grace
0: we're here all together On this Easter day may the Lord take every doubt every sadness every perplexity and come to Jesus. And if you are an unsaved person, he came and died for you to save you. So you can enjoy his salvation on this very Easter day. Why don't you come to him and seek him and he will give you the joy that He gave to the disciples, to Mary, and to the rest, and mainly to Peter. Amen. May the Lord bless this day in your lives. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to celebrate this beautiful day together. We praise you and give you all all the credit for what has happened in our lives. Thank you for your coming. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your resurrection. And thank you for your seated at the right hand of glory, uh, our advocate, so we can live and enjoy life and looking forward to that day when we shall be with you and spend eternity with you forever and ever. Now dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.